Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. We've got another wonderful show in store for you. I hope you've been enjoying the guests I've been bringing on lately. I've had some really interesting people, and today is no exception. But first, of course, we have, as always, our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham to get us started. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. Well, next time someone treats you differently than you expect, at least you'll know you've been sending out mixed signals. Hey, could be worse. Like, if you didn't know... Whirlpools of love, the universe. Uh, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley and the universe, reminding us that when people aren't treating us the way we really want them to, when things are happening to us that we don't really want, you know, that it's not necessarily that the universe has something against us or there's, you know, we have bad karma or whatever. A lot of it has to do with our own energy that we put out. Um, you know, the universe responds to what we put into the universe. So when somebody comes along and disrespects us, as opposed to getting upset at the person, maybe what might serve us more is to ask the question, how am I disrespecting myself? Somebody comes along and, um, you know, is unkind to us. How are we being unkind to ourselves? In my experience, uh, again, purely my hallucination, as I like to say, um, in my experience, most of the time, the universe is merely reflecting back to us whatever is bubbling up inside of us. And so sometimes what's inside of us, um, and we don't often realize it, is we're not being that kind to ourselves. We're being a little too critical of ourselves. We're not being gentle. And so when we do that, ooh, got lots of hearts for that. Thank you. Um, ah, for my dear friend Cole. Uh, lots of times when we do that, so it's going to manifest externally as something coming back to us um, because of the energy we're um, putting out there. So, you know, so often we're so quick to blame others. We're so quick to... Um, uh, criticize others for what they do um, to us or around us. And, and really, we should maybe take a step back and see, well, what are, how are we participating in this? What is our part in the creation of um, this experience that we're having? many of you, my, my loyal listeners, you, you've heard me talk in the past about the Ho'oponopono. It's a, a Hawaiian prayer that comes from the kahunas in Hawaii. And, and the kahunas have a very interesting view um, on life. They say that if there's anything in your world, it's because it's inside of you. And so if you're seeing violence around you, it's because there's violence inside of you. If you're seeing pain, suffering, injury, it's because those energies are inside of you as well. 
And, you know, for me, it, it took a very personal experience for me to really get it. And I've mentioned this on the show before. I'm going to just quickly run through it. Uh, I, I went one day to, to go see um, a dentist I had at the time, and I had to get a tooth pulled. And it was a little bit tough, and, and you know, it took a little while, but eventually he pulled it, and, you know, there's a little bit of blood and this and that. And, and then afterwards, I met my wife, and we were going out to the beach at Coney Island. And so we're on the train going out there, and we're somewhere in Brooklyn, and all of a sudden, there are these two young kids, um, you know, and, and they're obviously like teenagers. One's real skinny, a skinny guy and this like, you know, kind of heavy uh, girl. Um, and they're like kind of tall. I mean, I'm saying they're kids, but, you know, they're, they're like as tall as I am. And, and, and all of a sudden they start fighting with each other. And they were fighting in such a violent manner and, you know, saying things to each other that I, in my life I never heard people say things like this, spit on each other and stuff. And there was an older guy there and he was like trying to tell them to stop and stuff. And they were just kind of ignoring him. I think he was their dad. I'm not sure. Um, and then eventually like a stop came and they got off the train and I'm like, you know, I've been riding the subway since I'm nine, uh, no, 11 years old. And, and it's like, I've never seen that kind of violence, you know, between two people, like right in front of me. I mean, they're right across the aisle from me in the subway car. I've never seen that kind of violent behavior in front of me before. I was like, you know, kind of disturbed by it and stuff. And we get off the train eventually and walking around and then we're taking the train back and I'm thinking and I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. I'm seeing violence in my world because violence was done to me earlier. Now, granted, having the tooth pulled, you know, it was the dentist's idea. It was for my own good, but that's still doing violence against your body. And so now I was seeing that violence done to my body sort of externalized in these two kids fighting in the subway car in front of me. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, it, it, it's not that that violence, quote unquote, uh, was a bad thing per se that was done to me getting my tooth pulled. But still, like that's what it feels like to the body. So that really highlighted to me how it is really true that that the energies we carry around with us that's what manifests before us and that's really what the universe is saying here so again next time you know somebody treats you differently than you want next time you know the universe brings you something that's not really what you say you want take a look inside Let's be a little self-reflective and see if, hey, you know, maybe there's something inside of me that brought that to me. I can almost guarantee you 90% of the time, that's what it is. All right, cool. Great, great quote from the universe. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. Make up your mind that nothing is more important than how I feel now, because now is everything. Now is the whole enchilada. Now is the power of me. Now, 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 now. You might as well start somewhere and it might as well be now. Why not start improving your life now, now, now? Abraham. Great quote from Abraham. Reminding us of the importance of being present. 
and that literally everything is in the present moment. As Abraham said, it's the whole enchilada. All of our life is lived in the present moment. And, and you know, we tend to think about tomorrow and about yesterday. They are complete illusions. There is no tomorrow and there is no yesterday. Yesterday was today that's past. Tomorrow is today that hasn't come yet. There is only the right here and right now. And, you know, they say that, you know, worry is concern about something that hasn't happened yet. And regret is concern of something that happened in the past. But in the present moment, there's neither. Because there's only what's right here, right now. And when we start living more in the present moment, not only is there a huge wealth of information in the present moment, but actually things are usually pretty good in the present moment. Are there moments when things maybe aren't so great? Absolutely. But when you start being present, you start to notice that those moments that things aren't so good, they actually are pretty small. And that most of life in the present moment is pretty good. And again, it doesn't matter if you're in a difficult relationship, if you hate your job, you know, whatever is going on in the present moment. Things are pretty good. Actually, usually things are little are rather perfect. All right. I'm not going to say 100 percent all the time. Though, actually, I do think so, but I'm not going to say that because that's going a little too far. Um, But in the present moment, man, things are amazing. So why don't we start at least leaning in the direction of, moving in the direction of being more present in this moment to being here with what's going on right here, right now. Like on this show, listening to me right here. Things are pretty good, right? And we got a great guest coming up. So two wonderful quotes from the universe and from Abraham. I hope you enjoyed them. I definitely enjoy them. And actually, they're, I think, pretty apropos for who I'm going to bring on. Um, uh, quick first, a quick shout out to all my loyal fans on the Facebook Live. Welcome, Brian Cole, of course. Joe Sam. Oh, you're so like Joe Sam. You're always with us. I really appreciate that. Jonathan. Lay. Oh, Lay, I can't wait for you to get back from Portland. I'm looking forward to seeing you either this weekend or next week. And Dale. So thank you all for joining us on the Facebook Live. And if you want to catch the video, um, just go to my uh, Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash S-A-M-W-Y-Z, and you'll see it right there. And now it is my pleasure to welcome Catherine Kemp Guilet. Did I get that right? You did, Tam. Great right. job. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and Catherine um, is a, a, a nutritional counselor, a speaker, and a coach who has worked with tens of thousands of individuals to be happier and healthier uh, throughout her work. Um, And, you know, she's no slouch. She has a master's in business administration, and she's founder and executive director of Nurture, a national nonprofit that provides nutritional education disguised as cooking classes for children and families in both Spanish and English. She's author of six best-selling books that have received 10 awards, including The Parent's Pick, Mom's Choice, Parent's Tested, Parent Approved, 
And Catherine is a true change agent that loves to spread positive messages to the world. She's been seen on ABC, CBS, Fox, NPR, and many other media outlets, and actually hosts two of her own podcasts, one of which I got to be a guest on. So I guess this is uh, me getting even with you, huh, Catherine? <laughs> I love that, Sam. I'm so excited to be here and present with you. Ah, I love it. I love it. I'm so grateful uh, for you taking time out of your schedule to do it. So um, um, we, we have a break in, in just a minute. But before we get started, um, let's just, you know, start to, to give our audience just a thumbnail sketch of a kind of what was the road that sort of brought you to um becoming a best-selling author and and being so um, uh, passionate about nutritional education for people? Well, I will make it pretty short because I know we have a break coming up, but I want to just comment on those fabulous quotes. The first one, you know, was, was from the universe. It's so important to remember that our outer world is a reflection of our inner world. Yes, and, and that really does tie into what I'll be talking about today because we'll be talking a little bit about wellness and nutrition and how we treat our bodies as our temple. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was so perfect. And then the, the quote from Abraham, and, and I sort of heard it as, you know, it's about feeling good, and yes, it's about in the present moment, but why not feel good right now? Yes, so yes. my journey, just very briefly, started with a moment of not feeling good. When I had my uh, kids, and I was postpartum, and they were little, and I was uh, overwhelmed and trying to balance too many things, I felt super low energy, and I went on a whole passion and purpose exercise to find out how I could improve my own energy levels and wellness and nutrition and success. And uh, we can talk more about the details of that, but that journey really helped me to fix some things in my life. And then I was like, this is what I want to help others to do in this world. So that's sort of a summary of my journey is it was a very personal, frankly, walking through the fire, feeling low energy how can I fix this, um, was not overnight, you know, it's been right, 25 right. years. <laughs> and, um, and then now being able to apply what I learned to helping others. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much, Catherine. That was great. Um, okay, so let us take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into that uh, and un unpack uh, some of that journey a little bit and get into our main theme for the day. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And our guest this hour is Catherine Kemp Guilet. And we will be right back after this after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. 
do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your your digital digital connectors. connectors. Woo! Woo! What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. And if you miss us live, you know, you can always catch us on talkradio.nyc, on um, Spreaker, on, um, no, not Spreaker, on iHeartRadio, on iTunes, uh, all over the place. Um, anyway, so we're talking this hour with Catherine uh, kemp Gailey, and uh uh, and, and, you know, Catherine, you were talking about sort of, you know, just before we went to break, a little bit about, you know, your story, your journey, suffering from postpartum depression, not really feeling well. And it's so interesting how so many people who sort of get on this path of helping others really all starts with sort of our own difficulty, right? Our own uh, problems, our own challenges. And then when we find these different paths and sometimes these unusual or non-mainstream paths that really help us it's like we want to share it with the world because we don't want anyone to go through what we went through right that's so true and the wonderful lisa nichols i'm going to quote her Uh, and she says that your your mess is your message Uh, and i think that you know kind of going back to what the universe said on the quote today that our outer world is a reflection of our inner world. I think sometimes we can kind of beat ourselves up if things aren't perfect, if things aren't going the way we would like them. I like that line of inquiry around, you know, questioning that. And I love uh, Byron Katie's The Work and The Four Questions. But I, I think that you can actually gain quite a bit from kind of looking at what that mess is all about and what that might mean to how we can all make the world a better place. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a, a lot of information in there. And, and, you know, I remember this, this kind of came to me when I was doing some ceremonial work a couple of years ago that, you know, that that part of ourselves that we tend to always want to fix and change and we usually want to get rid of, that that's usually our greatest asset, our greatest treasure, isn't it? That's such a good point, Sam. I love that. In fact, when I when I talk to people and I coach them on speaking and, and interviewing, a lot of times people will say, well, I really want to get rid of this strange idiosyncratic, maybe it's a laugh or maybe it's a, <laughs> a word they overuse. And, and sometimes it's true that you need to modify things. But you know what? Think about our, our loved ones that have passed on. You think about that grandpa that had that funny little cackle of a laugh. It is often (laughs) the idiosyncrasies that become the most endearing qualities of us. So I'm not sure that it's always a good idea to want to change ourselves too much. Instead, it's about embracing it Mm -hmm. and making it part of our authentic brand. 
Right, right, because it's those little things that make us who we are, and that's how people get to know us, right? And it's how people will remember us, absolutely. Right, right. right. So now you had a, like a, a real strong business background. Uh, you know, you were a master's, you know, you had an MBA, um, and then, you know, you had your children. I'm, I'm very appreciative that you were honest enough to say, you know, you had postpartum depression because, you know, a lot of people are affected by that, but people don't really talk about that a whole lot. And, you know, childbirth, child rearing is, is you know, can be hard on the body. And, and many women have difficulty afterwards. And, and, I, and I feel like sometimes women can be ashamed of it and, and they feel bad about it. But it's, it's really, a, I mean, a, a chemical and an energetic imbalance. And, and it's something that I think if we shine more of a light on, can actually help more people. Absolutely. I think that idea of embracing mental illness and talking about it and making it more of a, a mainstream topic, and instead of putting it into the shadow and putting it into the closet, that is the absolute wrong thing to do. And there's enough in the media today about why we should not be doing that. We need yeah. to open up to each other. We need to tell our stories. Everything from mental illness to addiction, it's all out there, right. and it's all very treatable. Trauma is very treatable, right. but I right. think it is very important to, to talk about it. I, I grew up in the house of a biochemist, and ah. so I was always taught that that's, you know that there are, it's not necessarily energetic, I'm very much on that side of things, right. but it's a, it sometimes could be a biochemical, sometimes it could be an mm -hmm. energetic imbalance, and it's just, it could be singling something and it actually could be a gift. I mean, right. sometimes these things that are off are actually signaling something that if we don't fix it, I mean, they talk about how the universe will tap you on the shoulder, maybe right. whisper in your ear. Right. And if you don't listen, it'll knock you over the head with an, you know, with an anvil. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's better to listen to these whispers and these taps early on. And, and that, to me, my postpartum depression and all the physical and mental, emotional, spiritual problems that I had are very much a part of the tapping and the, and the gentle um, suggestions from the, from the universe that ended up being gifts. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, 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 I so agree. I've had so many coaching clients that, you know, they come to me and they're dealing with some issue and I'm like, it's great that you're dealing with it now. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah, because if you don't listen to it now, the next time the universe is going to take a two by four and smack you upside the head so hard that you can't ignore it. And so that's why it's always good when these things come up to, you know, work with it, dance with it, you know, don't shy away from it, because the more we put things off, the more difficult they are when we finally do deal with them. And I love that you share that with your coaching clients, and I do too, and I encourage people to get outside perspectives, because again, like mental illness, like depression, addictions, when we don't talk about them, when we keep them in our in our shadows and our closets we can't fix them but often just by getting out there by getting outside objective information and input we can solve these things and again they become gifts mm -hmm. that make our lives more rich more valuable and allow us to have that impact that we all want to have on the world right what right. are we going to have on our tombstones right, right. not I have issues <laughs> I, I was loving I was loved I provided value yeah. I made the community a better place. 
that's what we all want to have on our on our tombstone. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So so how did nutrition become something of such great importance for you? Oh, so I'll take you. So the I mentioned my biochemist father. I mm-hmm. was pushed kind of into health sciences as a child. And, okay. you know, when you push somebody too hard, they can tend to push back hard and go the other way. And right. I did go into uh, management consulting after my MBA. And I worked in that world of Fortune 500, 100 companies, AT&T, Motorola, GE, IBM. They were all my clients. And I saw so much lack of wellness, lack of balance. Mm-hmm. And this was a really important gift to me later when I had my kids. And then it was like eating and nutrition and food as fuel became something that happened to me at the very least five times a day, right? Mm. Because kids need their meals, they need their snacks. Every time you leave the house, you need to be thinking about it. And I returned to my roots. I actually was quite interested in health sciences. And I said, if I'm going to be spending this much time on it, I want to make it fun. (laughs) And I went back to school and got my certification in nutritional counseling and started an organization called Nurture, which helped the community and now it's helping the nation and the globe to improve nutrition on a very tactical and fun level. So Mm. it it all starts to add up when you start to zoom out and look at the bigger picture. Wow. Wow. No, that's great. So it sounds like you really like took all of your experience and your training sort of in the corporate world and then started to apply it to something that's really your passion in life. That is such an important point because that's something that my grandmother actually outlined for me when I was. So this is when I was home with the kids when they were very young. It was I don't know, I guess it was about 15 years ago because I have a 17-year-old and and 15-year-old. And I went and visited my grandmother and I said, Grandma, I want to do something different. I really want to make a change in my life. And and she said to me, well, she calls me Kathy, right? Mm -hmm. She called me Kathy. She's passed on. I still feel her very much with me every day. Mm -hmm. But she said, Kathy, what are your God-given gifts? What is your passion? And what is a a need in this world that needs to be met? And how can you marry all of those Mm -hmm. together? And I thought to myself, my God-given gifts are I'm very organized. I love process management. (laughs) I got that from my business background. Uh And I love to help people. I'm a great teacher and coach. Uh And then I took my, some of those are my God-given skills. I am passionate about nutrition and health and wellness and and helping other people to achieve their optimal, sort of thriving state. And then that need in the world, Sam, at that time, this is when diabetes was getting to be a huge Uh issue in the media. It was before Michelle Obama. It was before Jamie Oliver. It was before Michael Pollan. But I was reading these studies as part of my my nutrition certification. You know, that one out of three children born in the year 2000, which is when my daughter was born, will develop diabetes. And that's terrifying unless we can do something about it. And And it gets worse. When we look at low-income populations and diverse populations, and I really wanted to start there on my journey, helping low-income families and helping diverse families to really overcome the obstacles to eating well. So that was the the answer to my grandma. Of course, Sam, it wasn't immediate. I didn't just know right there in the moment. It took some time, and I think we all need to be patient with ourselves as we... As we Absolutely. develop our path on this on this life journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as my audience can tell, you have a lot of energy. And when we come back from this break, let's talk about 
energy a little bit. This is energy, not energetic side of stuff about, you know, what you discovered about energy, because that's such an important part of your life and, and how this all kinds of feeds into that. Okay. I would love that. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. And of course, if any of my listeners, if you'd like to call in and be part of the show, our call-in number is 877-480-4120. Or please, if you're on the Facebook Live video, just type in your questions into the comments section. I promise I'll, I'll get to them and we'll talk about it. And so please stay tuned. We'll be back in just a mo- moment with Catherine and we'll continue the show right after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Catherine Kemp Gaile uh, about um, all kinds of things, including her nonprofit, Nurture, as well as um, what we can do um, to have more energy in our life. Right, Catherine? That's uh, sort of something that you've studied a lot and, and worked a lot about and like to share with people. Absolutely. I think that energy is that single word that defines the currency that we all want. Uh, When I work with people on whether I'm doing my holistic uh, success consulting, which is more about, you know, money and influence, and yes, that sort of third leg, which is the wonder and the giving back and the well-being, it all really comes down to your energy. And when you're talking to kids, I work with a lot of kids in my work with Nurture, believe me, they don't want to hear about... uh, cardiovascular disease or lung disease or any, you know, high blood pressure. They just want to play. They want to run. Some kids want to do well in school. Can you start using that currency of energy? You really capture 
the imagination of both kids and adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids always have, seem to have boundless energy compared to us as adults. It's, it's really amazing. Um, how do you... Uh, um, educate or sort of move kids from that place of always wanting something sweet, something sugary into teaching them, like, how do you move them to that more um, healthy end of the spectrum? And this ties, I love your quote, Sam, because they always tie back into what you're talking about on the show. And <laughs> you mentioned shame early on and, and, you know, shame is a big topic today, thanks to Brene Brown and and I think yes. that shame needs to be very much avoided when, I mean, in, certainly in our inner talk, in our inner world, but certainly when we're talking to kids and we're trying to influence and, and especially influence kids in their behavior. So the first thing I want to say is that I never call with kids and never, or adults, I don't call foods bad. I don't use good uh. and bad on a spectrum. In fact, what I do is I replace that and it ties back to the whole idea of energy I replace that with go and flow. So there are fruits that make you uh, go. They uh, give you energy. There's are fruits and vegetables and proteins and, and healthy fats and nuts. I love a huge fan of nuts, and especially um, because they're so portable. They're mm -hmm. a little bit of a problem in school, but you can sometimes replace that with, like, pumpkin seeds or other kinds of seeds. Mm -hmm. So those are the go foods. And then the slow foods, the ones that slow you down and... You know, maybe they're kind of fun to eat a little bit of, but over time, if you eat too many, they just kind of make you feel a little sick, and they might give you toothaches and things like that. Those are the cookies and the ice creams and, and you know, the excessive chocolate milk. So, again, I'm, I'm just kind of, and then I ask the kids, what do you think are our go foods? What do you think are slow foods? So, the first step, Sam, is about changing the vocabulary. It's really important Anyone that studied, you know, cognitive, you know, behavior therapy and, and any kind of linguistic behavior change understands how important uh, language is. And so mm. that's the first step. And then I just, from there, I follow a very simple recipe. Mm. And my recipe includes three things. It's just to educate, to mm -hmm. inspire, mm -hmm. and to give choice. Because uh. it's really, when it comes down to it, the kids are going to grow up. They can go to the dime store themselves and buy their candy. If you don't give them choice right. and empower them to make their, you know, their own decisions and otherwise, you know, eating orders can happen and closet eating and closet bad behavior, it's better to give choice mm -hmm. and let the kids you know, make these decisions for themselves. Right, right, right. Well, what do you see as kind of the, the biggest challenge around um, really uh, people... Uh, eating healthier? Is it education or access? The biggest challenge that I've seen is budget, that people budget. feel like they don't have enough money right. to eat healthy. Right. The second is they don't have enough time. Ah. And, the second, and the third thing is they don't have the, the know-how. So mm. you know, to make an ingredient, uh, a thing with 15 ingredients is just completely overwhelming. There's also right. environmental factors, you know, the yeah. society peer pressure, what other kids are eating, right. you know, what kind of pressure you're getting from your home dynamic, and then struggles sure. can develop. But I would just say it's a, a quick three things to think about from a family internal perspective are the, the budgets, the, the time, and the know-how. Right. So now you work a lot, you know, with your nonprofit, as you mentioned before, with sort of the low income, and because that's where sort of the greatest need is. 
what has you what have you found to be the most effective way to switch some of those habits because our eating habits our food habits are some of the most difficult habits for us to change you know my, my wife comes from china and you know she she had a very different diet in china than than she did here but she you know, brought as much of it as she can. I mean, luckily we live in New York City and, you know, we have a couple of different Chinatowns and we can go shopping in the Chinese supermarkets and get a lot of the vegetables and a lot of the kinds of foods that she had in China. But she talks to me all the time about, like, changing a person's food habit is one of the most difficult things to change. Yeah, so, so well, I'll tell you how we do it at Nurture and then I will offer listeners it's an ebook that kind of goes goes through all of the different cooking techniques and food mm-hmm. groups and nutritional, and actually it has a whole shopping guide too. So it's really oh, these are wonderful. some of the steps that we use. It's really fun. This is this guide for listeners is available at nurtureyourfamily.org. Okay. That's the website for the nonprofit. Everything on that website is free. The curricula is free. The recipes are free. And that on the homepage we've got a resource guide that's in Spanish and it's in English. Uh-huh. And I'll just t- say the, the number one thing to think about in, in making this change is to not think about it in terms of nutrition. In uh-huh. fact, I was talking about the importance of words. So when we launched our nurture program over 10 years ago, we did not call it nutrition education because we knew oh, no. that no one would show up. <laughs> and so what we did is we called them cooking classes. And I think that's the way that we can be thinking about this in our homes, too, okay. is you know, cooking is cooking can be fun, and again, if you can do it in a way that it's it's it, affordable and it's not overly time consuming, and you know you you have the tools that you need to know how to do it, that's what this reference guide, this you know over sixty uh, page ebook that I've just referenced, gives you. It talks about the five food groups that we use at Nurture: whole grains, split peas, lentils, beans, and fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And so, it goes through all those and how you can buy those at. at on a food stamp budget. So the mm. meals are all a dollar fifty or less per serving. Oh, wow. And they all have high nutritional value. And here's the catcher. Is you can use um, quick uh, methods, like using a slow cooker. So mm-hmm. just putting some things in a pot in the morning before you leave. Right. And I do that all the time because I work a lot of jobs. <laughs> and a lot of the families that we work with have multiple jobs. And they have you know, multi-generational um, caregiving responsibilities. Yeah, so yeah. it's really making it easy. The other equipment, piece of equipment that I love is a rice cooker. A rice cooker can make so much more than yes. just rice. It yes. makes split peas, it makes lentils, you can steam fruits and veggies in there, and all kinds of whole grains. So like in the morning, you can put steel-cut oats in your rice cooker, turn it on, and provide a nice breakfast for your family. So that... That's sort of how I think of change is making it about cooking and fun and then overcoming the obstacles one by one. Yeah. That rent, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. Lisa on the Facebook Live says, cool info. She's loving it. Um, yeah, I- I'm curious, you know, you, you're, you're a nonprofit. When you started it, how long ago? Over 10 years. Over yeah, t- we're having a birthday. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Happy birthday. So when you started 10 years ago, you were really, at that time, if I understand properly, you were really more focused on kind of like local community and helping people out. Yet you've now grown, as you said, to sort of an international organization. What do you account for the success of the organization? Well, there's a few things coming together. One was that the food and nutrition and 
and the environment and the and this whole like food to table process, you know, mm-hmm. big food manufacturing and all that, was really that really came into light over mm-hmm. this time period. So you, before nurture start or as nurture was starting, we didn't have access to the resources that we have today through Jamie Oliver, through mm-hmm. Michelle Obama, and, and the Let's Move campaign. All those materials still exist and they're fabulous. So we kind of were part of a movement that was really Mm. fun to be part of. You know, slow cookers are now like completely mainstream and they weren't back when we started. So there's Uh. one factor, which is just it was because there was such a great need. Going back Mm -hmm. to my my grandmother's point, Mm -hmm. there was a great need. And so many organizations got together and sort of, you know, rode the coattails of each other. So that was one thing. But the other thing is just the, the philosophy that we we started the organization under, and that was to be completely collaborative and uh, additive. I mean, just like our philosophy with when we go into a classroom or, or teach a workshop, you know, we're, we're talking about not taking away from people. We're not saying you can't have your cookies or you can't right. have your chocolate. Instead, we're saying, why don't we try some new foods? So that's an mm-hmm. additive approach. And with working right. with other organizations, you know, we're just like, our curricula is free. We've got prenatal, postnatal, family, adults. Kids, you know, we have our programs matched with the core curricula and that's used in 48 states, so teachers can access it online. And so that's really how our program got to 34 states. And globally, our Spanish resources are downloaded all the time. It's just, they're free. It's sort of the philosophy of of giving back, and and that's how it's grown so quickly. So those those kind of two things. It was a movement that we were part of, and and our just philosophy of of being additive and mm-hmm. not trying to, you know, keep a, a piece of the real estate for ourselves. Right, like, right. No <laughs> right, you know, uh, they, they say the the reason why diets don't work is just look at the first three letters and that, you know, when all we do is restrict and say you can't have this, you can't have that, you can't have this, yeah, for maybe a period of time that can work, but in the long run it doesn't, feel sustainable so then it's hard to really stick to it but instead of i love your approach that instead of saying no you can't have this you can't have that it's more like why don't you try adding this to your diet adding that to your diet let's let's just add things not necessarily take away things but by the very sort of nature of adding things as you try new healthy things that make you feel good, you're just going to be less inclined to, you know, hit the uh, caramel-covered popcorn at night, right? Absolutely. I mean, as parents will say to me, Catherine, what's the number one thing that I can do to have a, a more peaceful dinner so that we're not having these food fights at the, at the table? And my number one advice for that particular issue mm-hmm. is just to make sure that what the kids are filling up, if they're, if they're going to snack ahead of dinner, which most kids do, by the way, yeah. and they go for the, the cookies and the, you know, the filling carbs, uh-huh. if you just keep chopped up you know, fruits and vegetables, carrot sticks, celery sticks, beautiful, colorful um, peppers, you know, red and orange and green peppers, mm-hmm. all sliced out at the eye level of the children, they will be snacking on those. Kids Mm. will eat what you put in front of them, and they'll be more likely to eat them if they're excited about the colors. And and I know we were going to talk a little bit about the rainbow. Eating the rainbow, yes. Rainbow, through my 10-plus years of working with kids, has been the number one most stickiness, high-stickiness factor uh, lesson that we've given is that kids should be eating a rainbow of fruits and vegetables, and they get 
so excited about, yeah, yeah, about sure. you know, I, you know, on my plate, I have red, I have yellow, I have orange, green, blue, purple. I mean, they just get so excited and they know that each color has a benefit to their body. Yeah. And if they're eating a rainbow of fruits and vegetables before uh-huh. dinner, then mom and dad can just let up right. and know that the kids have had maximum nutrition. And then that ends Wonderful. the food fight completely like it just stops it right then and there Wonderful. it is a huge frustration Wonderful. across this country and I just think it's about what you're putting out um, what's at the eye level using the marketing tactics of all the <laughs> you know the food companies and yes. how they put things in grocery stores do that in your own home have a right. have an always drawer for right. your kids they can right. always open that drawer and take anything that's in there and it oh. should be you know healthy fruits and vegetables mostly but some nuts and cheeses and, and whole grain crackers and and then if, you know, they're not eating their dinner, it's not the end of the world. Don't struggle. Right. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Well, Catherine, believe it or not, it's time for us to take a last commercial break of our show. See how time flies when you're having so much fun? So <laughs> when we come back, uh, let's talk. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about eating a rainbow. Um, let's talk about sort of the parents' responsibility um, in front of the kids and how to deal with picky eaters, Okay. Perfect. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I've been speaking this hour with Catherine uh, Kemp Gaile, and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. conscious co-creator are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness i'm sam liebowitz your conscious consultant and on my show the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity we will touch upon all these topics and more listen live at our new time on thursdays at 12 noon eastern time that's the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity thursdays 12 noon on talkradio.nyc body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. right here on talkradio.nyc. I really want to say a big thank you to all our loyal listeners and, and uh, viewers on the Facebook Live. Um, so, Catherine, we don't have too much time uh, left to the show, so, so I do want to run through a couple of things. Uh, first of which, 
What's the parents' responsibility in all this with educating their kids about eating better? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked this question because I actually created, and it's so funny how this interview is flowing in such a beautifully orchestrated way. I created a gift for your listeners, and it's at makeeverythingfun.com slash Sam. That's forward slash Sam, (laughs) just for you. And I didn't know you were going to ask this question about parents' responsibility, but what is there at that gift is it's a, it's my latest book. It's called Make Nutrition Fun, End Family Food Fights, and Find Family Peace in Just 30 Days. So what it is, it's kind of a process that parents can go through day by day because they say a, a habit is formed in about a month, mm-hmm. right? So the 30-day process is a great one. And it kind of goes through step by step about how parents can shift their attitudes about how controlling they should or shouldn't be around food, how they can change their language about food with their kids, how they can um, change food fights into into games, how they can Mm. use things like scavenger hunts to get kids to try more food. They can play bingo with their kids to have them to try more foods. And it's just sort of a fun journey through frankly, some of the many mistakes that I made as a nutrition Mm. expert with my own kids Mm. and then learn from those mistakes and then share them with people in sort of a um, sort of a funny way. It's sort of a laugh out loud kind of a of a situation. But then you get all these actionable advice uh, tips for you to to incorporate into your own family. So I think it's about changing uh, changing your vocabulary and again, just removing that that energetic stress that so many families have between around the food the, the table that just creates problems that are very difficult to solve the longer they go on so start today if you can <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely and, and and it's also um important for parents to set the example isn't it oh such a great point because a lot of times when somebody will come to me and they'll say Catherine, i have such a picky eater you have no idea and I'll even, you know, I'll do a, a home visit with a family, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll go in and I'll, I'll find out, you know, how they do their shopping and what they have around their house and, and kind of talk to the parent about what they're eating. And, you know, frankly, if the parent is saying, yuck, I hate salads or, or I can't believe, you know, just I have to eat this or that or, you know, kids are watching everything you're saying. Yes. And the more that you say, yum, this is the most delicious you know, cashew cheese on whole grains, you know, <laughs> wheat toast with, you know, whatever it is that you're eating and you just love it and you're, you, and you say, I know this is going to give me great energy for my day and I have a big day coming up. So I'm excited for this, you know, this fuel and to be thankful for your food and I think giving grace in any way that fits your religion or spirituality can be really important. So those are all great things that that people can model. Another thing that a parent can model is asking for help. So maybe you're going to do, maybe you want to start exercising more. And if Mm -hmm. your kids are old enough to, you know, to engage and and, and don't underestimate your kids. They're very, very smart. Your four-year-old can help you with this kind of thing. Mommy wants to start walking three miles a day. What kind of foods, hopefully they know the go and slow foods, (laughs) what kind of food should mommy start eating more of? And as soon as they feel valued, engaged, part of the solution, things shift dramatically, I can't tell you enough. (laughs) Yeah, I bet, I bet. 
Um, and I just want to remind all my listeners on the Facebook Live that if you're enjoying this interview, I'm seeing a lot of thumbs up and hearts. Please share the video. Um, let's not keep this a secret because this is great information to get out there. Um, uh, uh, and I wanted to, to ask you also, my, my, uh, we have another show on the network uh, by a wonderful woman by the name of Denise called Alternative Health Talk. And she deals with like a lot of sort of alternative, sort of natural ways of dealing with a lot of uh, issues that typically require medication and all this other stuff. And she talks a lot about like having a paleo diet. She's had on uh, a cardiologist who's a b big believer in that. She's had on people... Um, the author of the book Weak Belly that talks about, you know, sort of the problem with grains and, and the body's difficulty um, with processing grains. How do you feel about all that stuff? Well, it's very individual. I think there are certain levels of, of improvements. And, and what I saw with my work with Nurture and, and my work with Make Nutrition Fun, which is the way that I reach a broader um, socioeconomic spectrum, is I found that, you know, a lot of people just need to make basic improvements. Like, they need to take mm. out the processed foods. They need to start right. cooking more at home. They need to eat a, a rainbow of fruits and vegetables. I, I know that sounds completely obvious, mm. but so many people are not doing those basic things. So that's, right. that's the first thing, is that you need to start there. We should all start there. Then, yes, I totally believe in, and I mean, there's all kinds of philosophies from paleo to primal to... Um, I'm trying to think of there's even the, you know, the new one about avoiding lectins, and that's Dr. Gundry's work. I just uh. went to a cooking class with him. Um, so I think that it's about optimization, and mm. that is a very individual, mm. optimized process. I think it's best to get individual help, and you can even get you know, your food allergy tests are now only $150. They're so much more available to everyone than they were, say, you know, right. a decade ago. Right. So when we start getting into that, even blood type diets can right. be really helpful. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really about a little bit of experimentation, a little bit of uh, a fun sort of adventurous attitude on the part of the person that that's you know partaking in this. Well, let's see how I feel on this diet, and you know your inner your inner guide. You know mm -hmm. that we were talking about in the beginning. Like that's just listen to your inner voice as you go through these experiments. And it will and it will let you know. And right. you can use tests and things like that. I mean, certainly gluten sensitivity, making sure you're not celiac. I mean, these are right. serious issues. Right. Right. Um, but I do think that people, some people do have problems with grains. Some people have mm -hmm. problems with dairy, eggs. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of individual things. But that gets to be more optimization. And I really just encourage people because so many people haven't done that foundational mm -hmm. level of change yet. I see. Do that foundational level change right. and then get right. into optimization. Right. I love it all. Right. Great, great, great. We just have a couple of minutes before the end of the show. Just real, real quick. How important is eating organic? It depends on the, the foods that you're eating. So I uh. encourage everyone to check out the, the Dirty Dozen and the Clean Dozen at the mm. Environmental Working Group. That is a fabulous website. Do not eat anything that's not organic in the dirty dozen. So I once read something by Andrew Weil that I thought was so great. He said the worst meal on the earth would be a fast food meal followed by a dessert of, are you ready? Uh -huh. Not organic strawberries. He considered uh -huh. that worse than cake or something awful. So uh, it's very yeah. important to answer a question for certain foods. Yeah, yeah, I heard strawberries are like the worst because they have to put so much pesticides on it. 
Um, okay, before we close out the show, Catherine, please uh, give out your websites. Where can people go? I, I've typed them into the Facebook Live, but let's give them out one more time for our listeners. Sure. Thank you so much. It's nurtureyourfamily.org for the nonprofit information. And makeeverythingfun.com is my main website. And I've got makeeverythingfun.com forward slash Sam for that free gift that we talked about. So I hope people can take advantage of that. It's fun. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Catherine. I really appreciate what you're doing in the world. I appreciate you taking out time. Oh, and before we go, tell people what your podcasts are. Oh, so I've got um, Mountain Mantras, Wellness and Life Lessons, and Positive on Publishing Podcast. And Sam, thank you for making Mm. such an incredible impact on this world. I love your work. Keep it up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Catherine. And I look forward to connecting with you in the near future, okay? Absolutely. All right. And so um, that does it for us. Everyone, please uh, stay tuned. Coming up next, Ellen Lichen and her show, Poker Divas, all about how to use the mindset and the strategy of poker to be uh, more fulfilled and more successful in your life, in your business, in your relationships. She does an amazing show. She's our newest host on talkradio.nyc. Please stay tuned to her, and we will talk to you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. listening to the Talking Alternative Network.